Hello and welcome to a special episode of TechLink in Conversation. My name is Eddie Grant, a Director of Technical Connection. We wanted to focus our conversation today on the role and benefits of a professional body from two key perspectives, the membership and the organisation. So I'm incredibly delighted to be joined by two absolutely superb guests. Carla Brown, who's the owner and founder of Oatmeal Wealth Management, and the 2021 PFS Chartered Financial Planner of the Year, and Don McIntyre, the Interim CEO of the Personal Finance Society. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you. And um, uh, Carla, if I, if I could uh, just start with you, um, would you be kind enough just to talk a little bit about your background, your business? Of course I can, yeah, absolutely. So um, I founded my business back in 2011, um, started as a financial training financial advisor straight out of university, had no idea what I wanted to do and kind of fell into financial services as, as many of us do. Uh, and I was actually started life working as a, an administrator on a pension review team at 22. I didn't even know what a pension was at that point. Um, but worked my way up into underwriting and then got to speak to lots of financial advisors, mortgage brokers who were actually going out there and helping people achieve their dreams, their first house, you know, starting families, all that kind of thing. And I thought, that's what I want to do. I don't want to be stuck in an office every day looking at files. I want to be out there talking to people. And so at the time, I got taken on as a, as a trainee advisor, uh, mortgage broker. Um, 2001, so perfect timing, worked work, work, work my into the wealth world as an IFA, just as the markets plummeted. So that was a bit of a baptism of fire. Um, and then finished my employed career working as a private client IFA in um, one of the large banks uh, in Manchester. Um, but what I really felt was that I wasn't able to give what I wanted to clients. I wanted to be able to build deeper, more meaningful relationships with them. It was too target driven where I was. It was about the numbers, not the people. And so when I set up Oakmere, that was really what I was trying to achieve. I wanted to deliver a, a real value service proposition that would make our, our clients feel special. So started off working on my own from home, thinking I'd have this wonderful work-life balance and very quickly became a bit of a, a monster. Um, and we're now, I've got a team of three financial planners and there's 10 of us in total. So um, my time now is spent looking after clients, but also running the business as well. So I've been learning as I've been going along. Brilliant. Thank you, Carla. And Don, what about yourself? What's your background? Uh, well, my background. Well, first, I just want to just quickly say, Carla, congratulations on Financial Plan of the Year. I know the work that goes into that. It's, it's an immense accomplishment. And it reflects, obviously, in the growth of your business in itself. So, again, congratulations on that. Thank you very much, Don. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, my background, uh, it, again, it is, uh, is probably like many, uh, you know, falling into different things. I started out, dare I say, in politics, which under the current circumstances probably served me rather well. Um, <laughs> But we'll get to that in a moment, I'm sure. Um, but went from politics into economic development. And then from that standpoint, so uh, it was either a job in Manhattan or London. I took London, dare I say, nearly 30 years ago. And I've been here ever since, hence the immense British accent that you're hearing currently. Um, but, you know, my background has been significantly around nonprofit and commercial entities. And over the last 10 to 12 years, mostly in the membership organization through federation structures of large NGOs, uh, and of course, before joining the, uh, the, uh, the PFS, I was uh, the interim CEO for the UK Cybersecurity Council. So I work with the government, uh, the Privy Council, setting the structures up and, and bringing that from, from 
virtually a, a concept, a, a government paper, uh, to what it is today and hiring the CEO, etc. So I'm used to the difficult environments of working very autonomously, but also working in very big, large global structures. So, which is what brings me here today, uh, obviously speaking to you. Brilliant, thank you. And I'm just getting my head around Manhattan or London. Um, I actually agree with you, Lon London is definitely the place to be, but I think Carla in, in Cheshire, you're, you're, it's uh, obviously the metropolis of Cheshire is much more. Indeed, it's <laughs> where it's all happening. It's where it's all happening, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, just um, staying with you, John, uh, you know, just thinking about the, the, the PFS and the membership support and, and obviously your initial observations about um, PFS. Do you want to just touch on that as well, please? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, you know, my initial observations, I was, it, you know, it, it was such a, uh, it's a young organization. But in the grand scheme of things, if you look at membership organizations that have been around for, you know, in, in particularly in this country, I mean, not necessarily in the country of my uh, origination, but, you know, it's, it's a very young profession and it's, it's just, it's gone through its changes. You, you're looking at an age, an aging uh, uh, base that is transitioned from the general insurance industry uh, coming across and then moving into a, a profession that's, that's adapted to uh, the consumer's needs and requirements. You know, we'll, we'll, the country that I grew up in is essentially pension and self fulfilling pension is a part of normalcy. You, you take a job, you look at the pension package, that's part of the, the allure to taking a new role. In the UK, that hasn't been the case. And I think the, the, the ability for you know, the professionals that exist to really grab that and change the, the, the mandate and the talk that the state is, a state pension is not a functional reality. Uh, and I look at the, the, you know, the task that Carla has as a professional to, to convince people and younger people to take that journey and, and I agree that there's, it's not necessarily your, your current base, but, you know, long and short of it, uh, there is such an opportunity to take and, and address the CPDs and modernize the, the, the profession and look at how the professional's needs are going to change. The consumer, you know, the, the Consumer Duty Act is, is upon us. We need to review that element. There's so much that, unfortunately, that I have yet to get a hold of and really talk to and work with the FCA. I am openly concerned, and I have had experience with this. Overregulation is both, but has to be paid attention to. And I think it's it's something that as a as a body we should have a stronger voice in that and protecting our members' interests. And I think we need to also educate the consumers at the strength and the power of what a journey is a chartered financial planner. These are all things that are on my agenda long term. So from that standpoint, yeah, it, it, there's so much and so much opportunity to take. Thanks, Don. Um... Carlo, I understand you're part of the PFS Power um, Initiative. Do you want to sort of explain that in a little bit more detail? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've been involved with the PFS on a local level for, for quite a long time, going to, to regional meetings, etc. And I've always had a real interest in, in helping to develop the profession going forwards. Um, and then around the same time, I think it was just after I won the, the Charter Planner of the Year Award, um, I saw an email um, that they were looking to recruit for the PFS Power Panel. And I thought, well, what a way to get involved and really try and make a difference to future, the future of the profession, I suppose. Um, so we're a team of, of practitioners. It used to be called the Expert Practitioner Panel, but I think it's generally known as PFS Power Panel now. Um, quite diverse, different, different lengths of experience, um, 
different ages, different business models. So it's really interesting, but it's all practitioner-led. And we are looking to pull together content to put out on the PFS Power website that people are going to be able to, 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 to use to enhance soft skills, business skills. Sometimes there's a bit of technical stuff on there. It tends to be less of that. But really what we think people need to know, because generally... You know, the experience that we've had in our own businesses, we've a lot of it we've learned as we've gone along. We want we now want to share that knowledge and, and help other people develop in, in certain ways or try and avoid mistakes that we perhaps have made. But there's some amazing content out there now on the um, on the, the power website. There's blogs, articles, webinars, podcasts, you know, whatever kind of medium somebody learns best from, they'll be able to find something that, that will suit. And we've got some fantastic presenters on there. Um you know, whether it's it's developing your own business, whether it's, you know, talking to a particular niche that you're looking to work with, there's, there's, there's ideas and suggestions as to how you can do that better. So it's it's really fascinating thing to be part of. And for me, I've, I've got a lot because I'm learning from these individuals in the room at the same time. It's so great to hear their experiences and sometimes all the, the pain points that we're all suffering from. As a business owner, it can be quite isolating. You think it's just you going through that issue. But when you speak to similar people you find you're not on your own they've all got the same problem so together we can bring our knowledge and try and solve these problems and it, it, it always feels like one of these emails that that pops up and and I, you know and there's a lot of people probably just delete that email so how can how can they get involved how, how can they join pfs power what's the easy way to do that the easy way to go to it to, to join is to go to the website and register and then you'll be on the mailing list and you'll get the, I think the weekly emails, maybe bi-weekly emails that, that Carrie sends out, um, which will summarize the um, events, webinars, things that are coming up. It might highlight previous content as well. There's so much back catalog in there. Um, you have to dig a bit for it sometimes, but th- there's such a lot of stuff. Um, so just keep your eye on what's coming up. Yeah, there might be particular presenters that you like. Uh, there could be a particular topic that you're really interested in. So you could go in and type those keywords in and search them that way as well. But there's such a lot of information. But the best way to find out is to register. Brilliant. And uh, and and Don, you you hosted the PFS uh, festival last year, which probably feels a, a, a long, long time ago now. Um, so, what was your takeaway from that event? Because that was your first uh, PFS festival, wasn't it? It was Eddie. It was. I, I, I think um, a bit of shock, to be frank. To be frank. I mean, I, um, as you're aware, I'm not uh, a financial planner by by, uh, by trade, obviously, or a financial advisor rather. Um, so I walked into the my role uh, really from eyes wide open to really learn and, and take in. I think what I what I took from it, I was quite shocked at the diversity of skill set that sits within the financial advisory world. I think you you because of my age, I refer. I have memories of being. You know, effectively, someone sitting down with me and telling me what uh, what what insurance I needed and required if I was to be sick to cover my mortgage, etc. And you have that singular sort of naive approach. And obviously, as I've got older and have had uh, um, uh, financial advisor that's guided me through a lot of my my latter investment process, who I might add was quite shocked because I didn't mention to her that I became the interim CEO of the, of the organization she was a member of. She did send me an email saying that's a new one on me, um, but. Look, back to the, the festival was incredible. Uh, and I say it because one, the fact that it is offered to our members at no cost, which is one heck of a task. The effort uh, that goes in from the events team and the PFS uh, side is, is quite incredible, but also the speakers, the agenda, the process. Uh, I, had, I, would, 
it was difficult to take in as a newcomer just how much was going on. But, you know, there was over two and a half thousand people over two days. Um, and I know that people have been starved from having interpersonal uh, communication to a large degree because of COVID. It was very, very good to see the excitement and the energy and really the desire to just move forward and start to talk about what we can do as a profession going forward. And uh, they dressed up, didn't they, uh, in the evening? Uh, any, any photos you want to share with us? I could, but they're all very boring. I was the one who probably didn't get the memo. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I was the most underdressed, literally, uh, in, in that realm. But, uh, but it, it was quite amusing and actually quite pleasant to see. So a perceived boring uh, a profession to be quite not the boring profession that's is perceived to be. It's, it's basically what I say, but it was very, very enjoyable. And, and I, I believe from the feedback that I received, that it was received very, very well. Uh, a number of SJP people were uh, very obviously enjoying themselves as well as from, from my recollection. Excellent, excellent. Uh, and and um, Carlo, um, I understand you're a, an associate, you, you're an associate firm uh, within your practice. Um, what does it mean? Why did you do it? Um, and would you recommend other people do the same? Yeah, so, so we, we chose to, to, to become an associate firm. Um, we, for, for us, it was about demonstrating that to the public that we adhere to a certain code of ethics. Um, you know, obviously, I'm chartered. Two other advisors in my practice are on their way to being chartered. But for us, it was just a way of showing that, you know, we affiliate ourselves with a professional body. We want to be recognised as doing the right thing. And I think it helps helps to build trust. You know, clients will see that we are part of a recognised professional body and hopefully realise the time, energy and effort that goes into doing that and making sure we're doing everything right. It goes out on all our literature. It's on the website. So really publicising what that, that means to them as well as what it means to us as a business. It's something we're very proud of. And um, and in terms of um, sort of the future, Don, uh, in terms of uh, the professional bodies, uh, in terms of challenges, consumer duty you, you touched on, um, what, what do you think the PFS will be doing uh, to influence consumer duty or to help its members to, uh, to really get to grips with it? Well, it's, it's interesting, and it's a question that you know, I thought of looking at it, trying to get a, a sense of, of understanding the impact. And what struck me most, and this is going to be a bit of a bit of an odd, a bit of an odds. Uh, I went to the Essex uh, the end of last year. Mark McLean, the chair of the Essex uh, uh, region, hosted an event which I went at. It was one of the first ones I spoke to, and consumer duty was the final agenda point on on that. And what this Mark took upon himself. He got three different uh, size uh, businesses and they talk about the impact of consumer duty on themselves. And what resonated the most is the, the reality is that I would state that I would uh, back up that most members, if not all 40,000 members, already act in accordance with the consumer duty as it stands currently. What it does, what it does transpire, which is you have a higher level of admin, which if not controlled properly transition into a higher level of fees and therefore narrows the consumer base that the, um, you know, the businesses and, and the sole traders to the large businesses have access to. And I think what struck me the most is that as, as a role of the PFS, it is to help advise structure and work with the FCA 
to encourage things that are support and give the consumer confidence that they're working with very, very highly qualified firms, but not to put additional steps or, or even walls in front of the process of doing that. What is essential is the government needs to work towards ensuring that all individuals have a comfortable, solid pension moving into their retirement. Uh, and if we move to too much regulation, my concern is, is that this will stop this process and therefore stop and burden the government with the process of, of, of having to control people who do not have a pension. So from my standpoint, I think it's getting a far bigger working group together from all different uh, sizes of businesses to everything from a sole trader to a business with you know 200 financial advisors and understanding what that impact is and, and, and sharing best practices and how we can actually find a way to not have the consumer duty impact businesses in a negative way, but to ensure that it, impact, it just reaffirms those businesses' ability to continue to, to work uh, to support the consumer, as I feel most of our, if not all of our members already are doing. It's just, uh, it's another tick in the box that unfortunately I feel that might impact fees, which could impact consumer source. So it's getting that balance right. Brilliant. And Carla, as one of those members that Don was talking about, um, what is it that you want from from your professional body? I think, I think as, as a member, um, we want a professional body that, that's going to behave professionally, that is going to help promote what we do as a profession to the general public. Um, you know, it's a profession that over the years, for many different reasons, has, has been tarnished. And so now, you know, we're trying to push out all the positive and the good that we do. Um, we want a body that is going to deliver CPD, good content, a regulatory framework that we can get qualified through. Um, all these different sort of parts of the pie that make up what, what we're trying to do for our clients every day. You know, we're trying to go on a pathway and that's what we want the professional body to be as well. We want to be able to work through that pathway pathway to get to a, a certain qualification or a certain regulatory level or, you know, if you're looking to be chartered, fellow or whatever. Um, but, you know, once you've, once you've reached those qualifications, there's still more that you can learn and, and more that you can do. And so it's working what, what's next. And I think, you know, the, it, it, it's, it would be nice to feel as though you've got a voice uh, and that the, the professional body is standing up for financial planners. Because you're right, you know, Don, when you say about regulation, you know, sometimes as a small business owner, it, it's overwhelming. It really is. You know, the amount of regulation that we have to adhere to, and rightly so, it's just, is are we doing it the right way? Um, you know, we're having to take on more and more support staff to fulfil the obligations. Um, that, as you say, increases the cost base. It makes us less profitable or we put fees up and that isn't a good outcome for the client ultimately. So, you know, it's recognising, yes, there has to be parameters, there has to be a framework, there has to be regulation, but it's getting that balance right. And sometimes it feels like a sledgehammer to crack the wall. <laughs> oh, very well said, Carla. Thanks, Carla. And, uh, and Don, so the PFS has always uh, had fantastic member engagement. I remember when I was president, you know, it, it, always when you travel around speaking at the regions, um, you know, really passionate members engaged. Um, so there may be some people who are listening to this thinking, um, you know, I've paid my membership. I've never really got engaged, um, but I just get these emails coming through. How can they sort of actually start to get engaged and really get the real benefits of, of their membership. Well, I mean, before I get on to that, Eddie, and I 
appreciate the question. In fact, it probably it segues quite well. I just want to re respond um, as having your professional body act professional. Uh, and I think, you know, to touch on that, it's, it's, it's very evident to those. And it's, it's quite interesting from the 40,000 base. A lot of people don't know what's going on and a lot of people do know what's going on. And there are those that are very passionate about it and those that are very frustrated by my perceived silence, etc. And this goes to communicating with the professional body. I think I've had, uh, not surprisingly, over 1,700 emails uh, personally sent to me in, re in relation to the ongoing saga between the CII and, of course, the Afghans. And one thing I want to touch on is this is not, the, the, the way we find ourselves is not being done in a manner which I would see as professional. I think it's been played out, unfortunately, in the media. And I feel that it is being harmful to what is an amazing profession and unnecessarily so as we move through this communication will literally and communication is at the root of this problem uh, i do feel that the cia and the pfs have the right mindset and both want to move along the same process but just haven't been able to talk to each other correctly i think that certainly it has to change i think for the benefit of members uh, from that standpoint, I think to respond to your question, how do the members communicate and, and, and how would we perceive to be communicating with members? We've got an amazing volunteer resource. And I, I would state that I know volunteerism is difficult for professionals such as Carla, who does so much. I mean, Carla is an example, a growing, very, very successful business, successful financial advisor in her own right, is lending her talent to a panel that is desperately needed. And I think that engagement as a member and being involved, and it is one of, probably one of the most successful um, uh, recent projects that we've got going is the, is the power uh, panel itself, and really um, where that comes from, that resource and that education piece that, that, that is there. And that comes from the volunteer force. Um, the more that we get, you get involved with the PFS, it is like sponsorship. The reality is you pay your fees, you can pay your fees, get your SPS license, you can do your courses, and you walk away and, and not need the PFS. I would rather see as much 40,000 member engagement as possible because that would makes us the membership body that truly represents everyone. Uh, and start with regional uh, activities, getting involved with that. We do in, in the, on the website, the events. We, the more we hear from our members, the better the events can be. Um, I personally have stated with the regards to our reserves and the, per, the current process we're going through, I've frozen the fees and for the next two years, they're gonna be that way. What I wanna do is now look towards investing in those events before I invest, I want to actually speak to the members and understand what's the thing that we, we want to hear the most. CPD is great, but CPD just to check a box is just that. Let's take our CPDs to another level. Let's take our education, you know, work together. There's all sorts of different, I mean, Eddie, you've got a vast amount of experience. Carla has, there are people just entering the profession now that would love an hour of sitting with the two of you to understand what they need to do best to, to understand where the career has gone. The two of you witnessed significant changes in the profession in your short in your careers now. Uh, can you imagine what the next 10 years is going to bring? And the PFS has to be at the front of that. Uh, and I would love to see a lot younger faces uh, than myself and, and you, Eddie, because I can say that Carla's quite young, so I'm not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I would expect a lot of more younger faces than, than people like the old chiseled faces like uh, myself and yourself, Eddie. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that in the complimentary way that you... <laughs> it's meant to always that. <laughs> and, and, and Carla, um, so you, you've entered awards and, and, and you've been uh, incredibly successful uh, for, your, for yourself and your firm, um, but many people don't enter the awards. 
Um, so, you know, why should they and, um, you know, what's been the benefit for, for you and your firm, but also more importantly for, for your clients? So I think for me and the firm, starting with that, um, I've got the whole team involved in entering awards. It's not just me. Um, so different different uh, departments within the business are being recognised, power planners, admin team. So for their self-esteem, it's great when they see that they're being recognised. And when they're shortlisted or winning awards, for them, it's a sense of achievement that they're part of something that is doing a good job um, and it's been recognised for doing a good job. Um, I think, you know, why should people enter? I think it's, it's making yourself a bit vulnerable. You know, if you don't put yourself out for these things, you're never going to know how well you're doing against your, your competitors. Um, I think for, for clients, it, it, it brings a huge amount of pride for our clients, actually. You know, when we put out in a newsletter that we've won an award, we get a flurry of cards through the post from clients and emails of congratulation. And I think they feel as much part of the journey as, as we are. Um, and they then feel pride and they will talk to their families and friends. So I think in some ways it almost becomes a referral uh, tool as well because they want to tell, you know, our financial planners won this award or this national award. So I think, you know, it, it really has helped develop the business. It's given the team a lot of confidence that we're doing a fantastic job because sometimes, you know, when you are working in your silo, you don't know what everybody else is doing. So it's just shown that we are as good, if not better than a lot of the competitors out there and we want to continue doing that. So we'll, we'll carry on entering them. Thank you so much uh, for both of you for um, giving up your time today. Really generous of you. And, and I think um, it's been a, you know, quite a challenging couple of months for the profession. And I think hopefully, and certainly for me, this has been a, a great advert of the profession, the positive side of the profession. And I uh, just want to thank you both, Carla, for, for, for giving up your time, but also, Don, uh, could have been really easy for you not to go ahead with something that we planned many months ago. Um, so I really appreciate it. I think, um, you know, you've, you've, you know, the last couple of months have been really challenging, um, but I think you've uh, kept your nerve and, uh, and, that, and, that, and that's been brilliant to see. And I, and I, and I hope that, um, you know, soon we get through the, the current uh, situation. So once again, thank you both um, for your time today. Um, listeners probably won't know, but we've had some technical issues my end. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you've been incredibly patient as I uh, uh, disconnect and connect throughout this recording. So um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. You're very welcome. No, thank you. Thank you, Eddie. And, and thank you to all the members for showing all the support. And uh, I look forward to, to speaking, about some, speaking about positive things going forward. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. The content of this recording is strictly for general consideration only. No action must be taken or refrained from based on the content alone. Professional advice must always be sought. Accordingly, neither Technical Connection Limited nor any of its officers, employees or contractors can take responsibility for any loss occasioned as a result of any action or inaction.